Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, December 23rd. Coming up on the show today, we'll talk with Josh Ward about all things Tennessee. We'll talk basketball. We'll talk Memphis rivalry. We'll talk about the bowl game. A lot of stuff to cover with Josh Ward. We will have an in-depth look at how the Titans should attack the 49ers on Thursday night, but we begin with a very newsworthy and important injury report from Titans practice. If you own a home and you care about your bank account and you care about your happiness, then the Kingston Group are the people you need to know when it comes to anything, any work you want to have done with your home. Talk to the Kingston Group. These are big decisions that have major financial ramifications, and there's no reason to make any of these decisions without all of the best information. This is why you talk to the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. So before we get into the game preview for the Titans and the 49ers, we've got to hit the injury report first, unfortunately. We will start with the bad and then move on to the, well, let's call it the hopeful. Roger Saffold was placed on the COVID-19 list on Wednesday and will be out for the game on Thursday night, the second straight game he will miss. But wait, that's not all for the offensive line. Taylor Lewan is also out for the game on Thursday night as well with a back injury. The left side of the offensive line for the Titans is in obvious serious trouble. The Titans sure could use a Ty Sambrello, Dennis Kelly, Dylan Radins, or Isaiah Wilson right about now. Just saying. These injuries only add more pressure to the already very big spotlight glaring down on Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill. More on that in a second. Also, linebacker David Long is still out, and that, of course, puts more pressure on Zach Cunningham, Rashawn Evans, and Jayon Brown. On the bright side, Julio Jones had no designation at all this week and looks to be, I guess, 100% for the game on Thursday, whatever that is worth considering his inability to finish football games. Both A.J. Brown and Chris Jackson were designated to return from IR on Monday, and both could be activated on Thursday night before the game. The odds of both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones playing on Thursday and playing at full speed feels all but impossible. But could Jones make a few plays, distract some defensive backs, and threaten the 49ers secondary? Absolutely. Could Brown return in a limited way that forces defenses to focus on something other than the giant bullseye on the back of Ryan Tannehill? No question, the answer is yes. Yes, they could. And having a partial Jones or a partial Brown is better than not having any Jones or any Brown at all. Additionally, only Kevin Byard made the Pro Bowl from the Titans this year, and my only thought is, who cares? I'm not talking about the players, of course. Anyone with a financial incentive to generate more revenue is going to try to do so, and that's totally fine by me. But you fans, honestly, most everyone in my family or any friend I know is a football fan, and I cannot tell you one of them who cares at all about the Pro Bowl. No one watches the game, literally. Look at the television ratings. Many players back out, and it's not real football and means literally nothing. The Pro Bowl is the worst bowl of all bowl games. So no one should care about which players got voted in or not by a bunch of stupid fans on the internet. Seriously, no one cares. You shouldn't either, Titans Twitter. Now, on to the game preview. The Titans are riding the struggle bus right now on offense, and the 49ers are coming to Nissan Stadium on Thursday night, having won 5 out of 6 and are all but locked into a playoff spot in the NFC. And they're doing it the way Tennessee fans want to see their team do it, with creative, fun, offensive scheme and physicality. Kyle Shanahan has one of the most creative and dynamic rushing attacks in the NFL, using fullbacks, multiple tight ends, shifts, motion, and brilliant timing. They've averaged 160 yards rushing per game in those five wins. 
which sounds an awful lot like what the Titans used to be under Arthur Smith. If Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill know what's best for them and want to kickstart this anemic offense that has no answers right now, they should be studying Shanahan and Smith. The Titans' offensive line can't protect Tannehill. The quarterback isn't seeing the field well or making accurate throws. The receiving core is a shell of itself, even with A.J. Brown getting closer to returning. But the running game is working. They've averaged 170 yards rushing per game over their last four. They just need to get creative with how that running game can work to open up other parts of the offense, even if the roster is depleted. This is what Smith and Shanahan are so brilliant at doing. And of course, then there are the turnovers. The trends don't lay out a good matchup for the Titans on Thursday evening. Tennessee, of course, has 13 turnovers and three losses over their last four games, as everyone knows. But San Francisco is getting after it on defense as well, creating at least two turnovers in five of their last six games, forcing 12 total over that span. Clearly, this stat defines wins and losses in the NFL more than any other in the game. So it goes without saying the Titans have to protect the football if they want to have a chance to win. Because the Titans defense right now is playing near-perfect football, and I have no doubts it will be physically up for the challenge against San Francisco on Thursday night. The only time the Niners lost in the last six weeks is when they were held under 100 yards rushing. They mustered just 71 on the ground in the loss to Seattle in Week 13. In fact, the Niners are 8-3 when rushing for over 100 yards this season, but 0-3 when they do not hit the century mark. So stopping the run will give this Titans team a chance to win, and I have faith that this defense can keep San Francisco under or around 100 yards rushing. If that happens, however, the entire outcome then hinges on the offense's ability, namely Downing and Tannehill, to take advantage of the team's ability to run the football, or even just the threat of running the football. Play action, motion, screens, trick plays, creative formations give the defense a lot to think about, and maybe they won't just be sitting on a bunch of simple crossing routes and comebacks. The offense is injured, the world gets it, but Tannehill is getting $30 million to overcome adversity and find ways to make plays with the football. Downing is paid very well to get creative and scheme around his personnel deficiencies. This is the job in the NFL. Protect the football and find ways to make plays because this Titans defense is going to give them a chance to win every single week. If the offense can just find one more gear, pick up a few more first downs, one more touchdown, maybe one or two or three less turnovers, then the underdog Titans can not only cover the three-and-a-half-point spread, but maybe pull the upset outright. On a short week, everyone's medal will be tested on both sides. We are going to find out about the culture and the coaching staff tonight at Nissan Stadium. Well, it's Thursday morning, so we talk with Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville at Josh underscore Ward. First of all, welcome to the show. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. How are the vibes right now in in Knoxville? I feel like pretty good close to the recruiting trail. You got a basketball team that's pretty good. You got a football team going into a bowl game. This is as happy as I can remember the Tennessee fan base in a while. Yeah, it really is positive vibes because the fan base believes the right coaches in place, that recruiting went better than expected, that the offense is good and fun, and the quarterback is coming back. Braden, we could probably just hold the conversation there. The fan base has bought into the quarterback, and we're going into an offseason without any kind of quarterback controversy or debate for the first time in many years, even when Josh Dobbs was the quarterback. At times, he struggled to get all the fans behind him, which a lot of people forget now because of what's happened since he left. But it happened with Hendon Hooker this offseason. There will be no question about whether he's the guy. It will be the opposite. It will be about how good this offense can be, how much they can improve potentially because he's returning. 
And, and Lady Vols are good too. Uh, I mean, this is it's it's good times in Big Orange Country. Uh, the Memphis thing. Listen, I, I would make the case that this state of basketball is so good when Memphis and Tennessee are both good. We obviously had the drama over the weekend. I think Tennessee fans can read too much into Penny Hardaway just putting his foot in his mouth all the time uh, and can make fun of him for that. I, I don't think they were ducking Tennessee, but what do you make of the, the hatred, the rivalry, and how important it is to the state of basketball in the state of Tennessee? Yeah, and I agree with you. I don't think Jalen Duran looked at tape and was like, oh, man, I'm afraid of this matchup uh, as he's nine months away from guarding Joel Embiid in the NBA. <laughs> but uh, I love Tennessee Memphis. I, I love the off-court sports hatred that exists on both sides. I love when they get on the floor that we can get really good matchups. It's it's not always, it's rarely going to be one versus two, but it can still mean something within the state. It can mean something to the fan bases. When it was Pearl versus Calipari, the conversation on Memphis's side was, well, we're kind of playing down to Tennessee. Now Tennessee looks at it like we're playing down to Memphis. That's okay to have that seesaw effect. I just want them to play. And that doesn't mean they have to like each other. It doesn't mean the coaches have to get along. I, I don't expect that. I expect the opposite again. But I also, I know that fans look forward to that game. Tennessee is scheduling up. Tennessee is playing teams like North Carolina and Duke and Kansas. You name any big boy, Tennessee's playing them now in college basketball. But there's still something different to the fans about getting excited for a Memphis game. So I hope it returns. I hate that it hasn't happened the last couple of years. They split those first two games. The third game was supposed to be the grudge match. We're still waiting on it. Do, do you believe that? Do you believe that personally, Rick Barnes and Penny Hardaway don't like each other? Oh, I, I don't think that's a good relationship right now. I think <laughs> Rick Barnes has. A, I think he has a great relationship with a lot of coaches. Penny's not on that list. I also think on Penny's side. He's carried a chip on his shoulder since he arrived at Memphis because the way he ended up becoming the coach at Memphis, I think, rubbed a lot of coaches. Rick Barnes may be on that list the wrong way, and I think that's affected Penny in, in the way that he's done his job in some ways. So, uh, no, I, I don't think there's there will be any uh, Christmas pleasantries that will be exchanged this week between Rick and Penny. You mentioned scheduling up. Beating Arizona means what for this team, big picture in in this calendar, in, in this particular season? means Tennessee has a really quality non-conference win, not just name, but in terms of what the team is. We'll see with North Carolina, but they still need to show that they can be a really good team. It's a nice win by name. Arizona could be in terms of net rankings for uh, the tournament seeding and all that at the end of the year. It's a really nice showing before, I think, a tough non-conference run. And it gives you confidence at the start with tough games against Alabama and LSU and Kentucky early in SEC play. So seating, confidence, uh, fan buy-in, if you want that. Fans are confident that this can be a good team, but, you know, Tennessee fans in any fan base, you got to show them something, especially early on. So the, the Texas Tech game, the Villanova game, I think caused concern. A win against Arizona creates more optimism moving into conference play next week. Tennessee-Purdue, as far as the matchup goes, what does the roster look like for Tennessee? I know Elante Taylor's not going to play, but do you think that they're going to have largely the full complement of players? Tennessee looks like it's in good shape. It looks like that's the case with the buy-in because that's always a question. Do the players truly want to go out and win the game? And I, I think the answer there is yes. No Alante Taylor, that hurts. But no David Bell helps on Purdue's side. So if you start to play the matchup game, how does that affect things? Uh, is it a wash? I, I wouldn't say that, but it, it certainly helps because that's a, a great player on Purdue's side that's out. And then uh, Cade Mays is a real question on the offensive line. He's one of Tennessee's top players. So that's something that affects Tennessee. You know, George Karloftis helps uh, on the other side with him not being there for Purdue. So I really like Tennessee going into this game. Uh, I, I think the Vols are looking at this as, okay, let's finish out 
a solid season on a really strong note to build into next year. I don't, I don't make that case myself in terms of what a bowl game means for next year, but I think that's the mindset of Tennessee's football team. I really like the Vols going into the Music City Bowl. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Josh, to you and your family. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, WNML in Knoxville and at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. Thank you, man. Same to you. Thank you. The Full 40 brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, and it's award-winning, I might add. So, proven process, over 10 years in the market of success, taking care of people's homes, dreams, and equity. Make sure you give them a call. BuildKG.com is the website. Talk to the Kingston Group. I promise you, you will benefit. Thank you guys all for listening. Again, make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network. Fringe Element about SEC football. Gold Standard about the Preds hockey team. Of course, Club and Country out Tuesdays covering Nashville SC. you got the Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media covering the Titans. Lamestream Sports out every single Friday covering Nashville sports media and business with Steve Cavendish. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody. Have a great Thursday evening. My name is Braden Gall. Follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Thank you for listening again. This has been the 440 for Thursday, December 23rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.